because when Terry answers, it basically, it's usually brain damage. Just listening to him causes brain damage. Look, you know, I understand that not everybody is into naked reloading, but that's what I do. You know, I wonder about powder burns, you know. <laughs> Boy, those primers going off can really hurt. That's what I was thinking, and I can't I'm imagine. I'm just going to the double entendres and what kind of reloading that entails, and I mean. Well, uh, have you tried a glass of milk to reload? Uh, so the, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking that cordite and et cetera, probably not good for your mucous membranes. So about that cordite. That's actually stopped back in the 1950s-ish. They don't use cordite anymore. That was replaced okay. by smokeless powder. Okay. Fine. I it's like cordite powder. It's probably not good for your mucous membranes. It, I'm sure it's not. Mm-hmm. I just remember that always being described in the 80s thrillers, the smell of cordite after, after uh, weapons yep. fired. So I don't know why that would be if it went out the style that, that early. Well, I suspect the people that were, you know, talking about that really didn't pay attention to when cordite stopped being used. They yeah, might be right. You might be right. What a bunch of slackers. What a bunch of lazy slackers not doing their research. But as, as you were complaining about, or talking about me complaining about, I was doing some reloading in between reading chapters, and basically I'm doing brass preparation right now, which means popping out dead primers out of spent casings. Mm-hmm. And... There's five positions on my reloader that it goes through for when it's actually doing the whole thing. But when it gets to the end of it, it's supposed to eject the uh, brass out of the shell plate and into a bin. And it has a wire that's about the thickness of a clothes hanger wire, but significantly stiffer. And I have been having the devil of a time with the brass binding up on that particular part. And bending that wire like crazy, trying to get it to work. And I finally gave up and ordered a third-party aftermarket piece that will take the place of it because I got fed up with it. Gotcha. Hmm. First world problems, man. First world problems. But I still think reloading naked, probably not a good idea. Yeah, you get things caught in the press, and yeah, that's bad. Ah! You better make sure you're well-shaved or well-groomed, I guess I should say. No, I always groom before I reload. (laughs) I was going to say well-oiled, but... Oh, yeah, there we go. (laughs) You know, that's why I don't do reloading videos, because, you know, people don't want to see me in oil mixed into the same part, into the same video with, you know, clothes optional. As I try and purge that image from my skull, I'll just say howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Dev Robot Society. I'm Paul E. Warpath Cooley, and joining me today is Veronica Fool Me Twice Jaguar and Terry. I took a poop or I am pooped. Terry pooped Mixon. Where did you poop exactly? Well, I think that's, you know, a little bit too much information to share. If the cats have a litter box, is there a Terry box? There is, in fact, a Terry box. It's called the toilet. <laughs> Damn it. Don't ruin all my fun. I'm pooped because I'm in the process of editing the book before turning it in. I'm supposed to have it turned in today. That's not happening. I told the editor I would have it turned in tomorrow. That's not happening either. It'll be Monday. It'll be I bit off, Monday. I bit off more than I could chew. After a couple of days of, of working from 9 in the morning till 9 at night doing it, I am bleary-eyed and and toast. So, yeah. This comment is directed at you, Terry. That's fine. I can deal with the bleach part. (laughs) Well, apart from naked reloading and editing, what else have you been up to? That's been it for this week. That has literally been my week. You're really boring. I know, right? I haven't even gotten out of the house except to go to the Kroger and pick up some food items. Basically, nothing. Hmm. That's scary. Very scary. The, you did I will, remember to put clothes on before see, you went to Kroger, I, right? I will go see Argyle once I'm done with this because I want to see Argyle. Now, what was that about? I did what? Put on clothes? Yes. I, just, I put yeah, on before, clothes before exactly. I went to them. But, okay. you know, we won't talk about the quality of the clothes because I looked like Harry Dresden in my ratty bathrobe as I went there. <laughs> okay, then. More bleach. Pass that more bleach, Dean. <laughs> V, what have you been up to? 
Um, let's see. I've been I've been trying to catch up with all my admin stuff that I neglected for the entire month of January. Um, when you don't clean out your email for a month, and That's you have four thing. email inboxes, yeah. Yeah. I have ways of handling email. Spam, 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 block, spam. Oh, shit, I need to reply to that. Block, <laughs> I block, spam. I wish spam. you just never bothered opening your email program. I open up Gmail. I have it all the, open all the time. Doesn't mean I respond. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot A lot of it is I get copied on emails, and it's like, oh, I have to be in the loop. Okay, but I need to organize things. So I spent the better part of a day organizing and categorizing and filing, going, yeah, I don't need that anymore, and getting rid of it. No, instead, I and get drawing I up get, contracts. I get all the uh, all the scammers wanting to sell me whatever it is for my company or my books or whatever. Oh, I get. I, I had some interesting ones, um, and they weren't. I'm not sure if they were spam, but somehow um, the authors are buying lists of podcasts that could potentially review their books. Yes. I'm and, well aware. Right. So I get these emails every so often. It's like, and they ask about Secret World Chronicle podcast, which has been archived for a while now. And I'm like, okay, so I could do, I could do a couple of things. I could ignore them and just delete them. I could respond and say, wow, you're stupid. <laughs> Take me off your list right now and never contact me again. Or, or I can say, wow, congratulations on publishing your book. Unfortunately, um, whoever, wherever you got the name of this, you might want to double check your resources because the podcast is a fiction podcast. We don't review things. And so if you've, if you've bought this information, you might want to double check and question that maybe even request a refund. However, if you're interested in audiobooks, <laughs> um, here are my credentials and uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. And every time I do that, I get a reply. It's like, yeah, I've been getting those kind of, I'm realizing this list was poorly bought. Um, but it's been, it's been relatively, it, it's been interesting with the responses. Um, but other than that, I've been drawing up contracts for audiobooks because I am booked until June. Yay. Which is great. Um, so I always have like, it means I have breathing room in there for like one or two other little projects, but otherwise just books, books, books all the way through. Um, I, what else? I delivered all of the pickups I needed for the nonfiction, the huge nonfiction project. Um, I had almost 300. Yeah, I think you mentioned that last week. Yeah, and I figured out what I have to fix. It's, some of it is very, like maybe a quarter of it was research, but some of it is just I'm getting older and the lines start to blur on the screen. So I'm going to upgrade or rather swap out because when you live with someone in IT, there are always extra pieces of equipment somewhere in the house. And I have no response to that. I have no idea what you're talking about. So there's, we're going to swap out a monitor that's currently not being used and it's going to go in the booth and I'll be able to kind of zoom in and modify my scripts. So my eyes aren't tracking two lines down and substituting words. That'd be nice. It'd be nice. It would be helpful. But yeah, that's, that's been my week. A lot of, a lot of admin and paperwork and what have you. What about you, Paul? Uh, I got 14 and a half thousand words on the new book done. Holy shit. Week. That's like 2000 words a day. Yeah. And I had a 4,500 word day and a 3,500 word day. So, cause I was figuring out building world building just takes a while. And sometimes, especially when you're trying to figure out how things would work in, in the future. And since this contains a mine at, and actually you have to go into how the mind works, right? at least to a little degree. So people at least have some idea about what, you know, how it works or what people are doing in there and those kinds of things. So I've kind of hand wavy into a lot of things, not explained some things and just basically said, yeah, it's handled. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm 14,000 words, 14 and a half. And the shit is just about to hit the fan. 
So I'm 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 dropping the uh, the first bomb real early in this book, for me anyway, because usually the explosives don't start going off to around twenty five thousand words in. So hopefully this that means this will be a shorter book, but I doubt it because we know I just well, you're, can't. You're just stop. picking up the pace, or I'm just picking up the pace. So anyway, the uh, um, it's been kind of fun, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of work to do on it, but uh, I'm enjoying myself. Tim says, ah, classic DRS. Paul making me feel better about how long it takes me to build my worlds. <laughs> long and fast. Come on, stop that. So apart from that, uh, there haven't been any major medical emergencies this week. Shadow is still gaining weight, which is awesome. Woo-hoo. And he's running around and chasing the dog. So, you know, things are in pretty good shape. Uh, nice. So apart from that, I don't have too much to complain about. Except oh, there are, no, we, there we have something to complain except, about. Hold up. Hold up. Except, Wait a minute. Are you, and what have you done with Paul? Except. Except for the fact that a certain company that several of us actually liked and used, and they were awesome, called Find the Way Voices. Note, yeah. Note the past tense. Note please. the past tense. They're an awesome audio. They were an awesome audio distribute audio book distribution network. They allowed you to basically, you know, I don't I don't know how many is like fifty or something like that different uh, um, audio book distributors. You basically just mm-hmm. manage it all from one place. And that they had a awesome. marketplace that that was a no- really sassy, really. But Dad, as cute as fluffy and cute, and it has a box. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. Uh, you were saying? Well, the other thing that they had was they had their marketplace where authors could go um, instead of ACX and they could work with narrators through their marketplace right? and have that same distribution. So they, for a while there, they were, they were the alternative for people who wanted to avoid the being locked in to the big three and who wanted to retain rights and have, you know, and really be able to do what indie authors set out to do, which is control your IP, control your distribution Mm -hmm. and be able to manage things on your own terms. And we thought they were going to keep doing that. But But no, but, um, as happens to most good things, a corporation in shitified it. And in this particular case, it is the piece of shit known as Spotify. Now, I'm probably going to end this episode by telling all of you how you should stop using Spotify, period. And most of you are going to tell me to go fuck myself, and that's perfectly fine. But I will say that this is a very troubling trend in their way. And I guess we should get into the nitty gritty. Spotify bought Find Away Voices, what, two years ago? They bought it. It was. It happened at the end of. Uh, so it was September, October, twenty twenty-two, and I know that because I was at the Novelists Inc. conference in St. Pete, Florida, just after they'd taken over, and the then head of Findaway Voices was talking about how they weren't going to go on AI. You know, they were going to stick to human narrated audiobooks. I stood at the back of that room and I had my phone. And I was like, oh, we're asking that question? Record. So I have those receipts. <laughs> so basically, over the last two years, they've been updating T's and C's. They've been updating TOS. They've been doing all these different things to basically say, okay, we're no longer find a way. We're really Spotify. So they had to change a lot of, a lot of bullshit and put their name on it. All the good in things essence, went away. All the bad things came in the door. So in essence, really nothing changed until, until, until they released a new TOS and you cannot reject the TOS by being on their platform. You must accept the TOS by logging into their fucking system. You agree to the TOS. So you're fucked. If you have any books on there, they change their terms and conditions. You're fucked. You, there's nothing you can do except pull your books out. It's the only thing you could do. But we'll get to that in a minute. The problem with the TNCs is I'm, I'm going to read this. Uh, 
they added paragraph four point B, which said essentially, you give them worldwide license to reproduce, make available, perform and display, translate, modify, create derivative works from such as transcripts of user content, distribute and otherwise use any such user content through any medium, whether alone or in combination with other content or materials in any manner and by any means, method or technology, whether now known or hereafter created in connection with the service, the promotion, advertising or marketing of the service and the operation of Spotify's and its successors and affiliates business, including for systems and products management, improvement and development, testing, training, testing, training, modeling and implementation in connection with the Spotify service. Let me cut through the chase. Cut to the chase. Basically, they can put transcripts of your e- of your audio book, which is essentially you might as well just basically put the ebook up, mm-hmm. which is insane. Okay, that's yeah. just one part. The other part is this language basically says we can use AI on your shit, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, as as William points out, it all changed when Spotify attacked. Yeah, I should have you know. Yeah, I. I, I think the Fire Nation might have had some more endearing qualities, but still, I get yeah, the gist. A few. And so, what caught me on that was they talk about translating. Mm-hmm. Um, foreign language rights are huge. Huge. I mean, that that's like, that's one of the logical next steps that you go for once you have established your IP. If you're yeah. making good money and there's a demand, you go... You invest in your audiobooks and you invest in your translations and you mm-hmm. figure out what market is buying your English books and then go, huh, maybe I should go here. Some people go German. Some people wind up going Spanish or French. But for them to say, oh, yeah, we've got that. No, 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 no. Basically, what this comes down to is this is the ultimate fuck you to creators. Now, as you might have guessed from some, if you've been checking Facebook and seen my Mastodon or LinkedIn, you'll know that I'm not the only one who's on the war path about this. There's an entire cadre of people basically running around with torches ready to set Spotify on fire. Yeah. Every, every genre, every little corner, it's people are mad. People are mad. So I sent them email basically saying this is unacceptable and told them exactly why. And then about two hours later, I sent them a request to remove all my books, which I only have two up there, but remove my books. They have not gotten back to me on either one. Instead, what they've done (laughs) is they've backed the fuck up. (laughs) Beep, beep, Sort of. Mm -hmm. Sort of. Now... This license permits the user the use of the user content Spotify for systems and product management development, testing, training, modeling. Here we go again in connection with anti-piracy and anti-fraud measures, discoverability, promotion, marketing, curation, distribution, and sale, blah, blah, blah. And it says right here, for the sake of clarity, these terms do not authorize Spotify to use user content to create a new book, ebook or audiobook or to use user content to create a new machine generated voice without your permission. Now, I have a comment on that. Even though it's in the license, it's not the legalese. Nope. Just because they say it doesn't mean this does not mean it doesn't mean this. It's what the legalese says. Yep, it's how it is interpreted in a court of law. Yeah. So basically what they've done is they backed up. But notice one thing that's missing from this is we will not transcribe your work. That is not there. That is not fucking there. They haven't changed a goddamn fucking thing. This is more lipstick on the pig. Mm-hmm. And in case you haven't noticed, I feel very passionately about this because it pisses me the fuck off. Because those folks, and this includes like maybe maybe Pink Flamingo is through Find A Way. I have no idea. This affects every, all the publishers that use that service on top of the indies that use it for distribution. Who the heck is Pink Flamingo? Pink Flamingo is, yeah, Pink Flamingo is an, in, they're an indie. Um, audiobook production company. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, they're, an, right. they're an indie audiobook production company, and but they handle both production and distribution. Okay. Right. However, so like, 
different companies, they may not necessarily go through, they may not go through find a way, but there are ways to make your stuff available on those platforms. So even if you don't go through find a way, your stuff may still be available on Spotify. Right. Right. Authors Republic, for instance, and several others, you know, can basically put this stuff out mm-hmm. through Spotify. My point is that say the entire black series is up there and they pull this horse shit, then my audiobook publisher has to make the decision, do we pull? And if we pull, that means all my audiobooks are gone for, you know, 30 to 60 days, probably more like 90. This is an issue. This is a huge issue. And, the, of course, the wonderful thing is, because it's terms of service, uh, they can change it any fucking time. And you just have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So you have a choice. If you go with the bigs, they're going to try and fuck you. It's just very, very simple. This AI bullshit. They're going to do. Yeah, pretty much. They They will do whatever they can get away with. Yeah, and you can't let them. So here's the problem. Even if they back all the way fucking up, can you really trust them? No. Mm -mm. So I posted a link in the live chat. And it, it's been shared in a couple of the writer spaces and a couple of the narrator spaces. Um, the author is a romance author. She writes dark romance um, and I think paranormal as well. And the she likens that relationship that um, Find Away and Spotify are putting together. It, it's, it's like an abusive partner. It's like everything, it's like, you know, bam, oh, I'm sorry, really, or that wasn't that hard, or, you know, that, it wasn't so bad, you're just seeing it all in your mind, or no, we, I didn't really mean to do that. They're gaslighting us. Yes. That's and that's, exactly and that was is. the term, that was the term that she used, because it's making things terrible, like, oh, you can play, oh, I'm so sorry, well, here, now it's better, and they try to give you just enough of the it's better so you don't see what crap is still sitting there. Like Paul said, with, they still, that, the bit about transcription, they figure, oh, we've, we've smoothed everything over. They'll forget that we didn't mention that in the second round. Yeah. And it's only people who are going to be willing to sit and read through and compare. So when these things happen, the folks who perpetuate, who are perpetuating this are counting on ignorance they're counting on our fatigue and complacency. And they're counting on the fact that we don't know any better. We're just going to go the simplest route. And because we choose the simplest route, then it's okay for us to get screwed over. The problem with going with any of the bigs is they have an, a vested interest in a new revenue stream, period, in a, in a story. And they're going to want to keep trying to roll out these products and they're going to kind of keep wanting to roll up all this stuff into those products. And I don't care the fuck if it's Apple, Spotify, Microsoft, whoever the fuck it is. This is what they do. This is how they make their money. The problem is now it's moved on to us indies and folks who are uh, small businesses and whatnot, and they're basically going for an utter fucking rights grab. So you have a choice to make. Your choice is to basically tell them to go fuck themselves, pull your books, and move the fuck on to someplace else. You have another option, which is basically to sell Spotify. Well, fine, I'm not going to distribute my books on your platform, period, which is another way of doing that. But if you're still a find-a-way, you're still screwed with this TOS. Now, there are a lot of other distributors that do exactly the same thing that Findaway does. I'm with Authors Republic for the entire Derelict Saga, except for Trident, and mm-hmm. a couple of other books are in there as well. I only have two books on Findaway, Station 3 and Trident. I'll be pulling them. And it's going to hurt me, and I don't care, because the long run, it's, it's going to be more damaging if I stay, in my humble opinion, because I can't trust these people ever again, ever again. They have destroyed the ability for anybody to trust them. And it's really a question on your part, whether or not that you feel their service is, is worth enough for you to take those risks. And me personally, it's not worth it. Fuck them. It's just not worth it. Uh, I have a real problem with the machine learning stuff. As you, if you watch the show, you know that. 
Um, and this is just kind of more of the same. It's the same old horse shit. And uh, you just kind of have to make it make a decision. Uh, uh, Chris asks, how hard would it be to make a new version of Find a Way? Incredibly. <laughs> you try managing 50, 50 outlets. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. No, there are other... There are other groups that are more ethical and that come recommended by other creators. And I will point out by other narrators and audiobook producers. Aside from Authors Republic, one that I will always point out is Spoken Realms Audio. Mm -hmm. It's run by Stephen J. Cohen, who has done, he was there in the early days of fiction podcasting. Um, He's incredibly knowledgeable. He is a good guy. I and, and he's among the narrator and voiceover community. He is highly respected. The man is a mensch. I love him dearly. Spoken Realms is great. And they do, they double check, but I've done work with them for royalty share and different, and as well as just they, they'll handle distribution. So that is an option. Another one, if you are if you can produce everything on your own and distribute is called big happy family audio. Um, and while they will distribute to Spotify, you can select where your stuff goes Yeah, and they come highly recommended from other smaller publishers. So, you know, audio publishers who may be one or two people who have decided to run their own LLCs to help manage, you know, some of their favorite authors or in their favorite subgenres. Um, but that's what they use. And there are options out there, but like I said, you're, you're trading a little bit of work, but you're going to keep a lot more. It's going to be more ethical for you. You're going to feel better about it. It's not even ethical. It's equitable. Yes. I mean, basically it's, 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 it's just a matter of, of, you know, find a partner that you can deal with, but somebody who just does that is going to be less likely to try and fuck you over because that's their bread and butter. Spotify doesn't give a shit. No, because like V said, most people probably they were counting on most people not noticing. Yeah, and it, it's people are happy to go. They they want to be. They will they they'll trade convenience. Mm-hmm. They may not necessarily care about the ethics and you know equitability of the situation, because um, a lot of consumers don't when it comes to a service. No, the they, actual. Consumers are completely ignorant of this. They're, they're ignorant of how everything works. Yeah. By design, to be honest. As creators, we're not coming at them from the consumerism side, though. Mm-mm. No, we're no. not. So but, one of the mistakes that they made. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> part of the other thing that we, we kind of trade off if we step back from some of the more well-known or the bigger... The, the bigger players in the distribution game is then it's on us to educate our fans, our readers, our listeners, where to go to get our content. And um, Max just chimed in here with, are we going to mention going direct with the book funnel? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, other thing, the folks at book funnel, they're amazing. Like as individuals, I have seen their founder sit down at a little round table with like nine cozy mystery authors and painstakingly walk these people through what it takes to set something up on book funnel. So it's, it's, it's nice to know that there are real people who understand authors and indie creators and are willing to work with them. And I think that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Why you have to go with an ND service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a comment that I have that's tangentially related to that is um, I know a big name LitRPG author that does his, his uh, audiobooks through that service. And he found that sale wise, he couldn't justify simply doing that, but he'll release his audiobooks 30 days before he puts them on Audible on BookFunnel. Hmm. So he, he gives a chance for them to, to go ahead and get it early, and he gets more revenue f- for those sales because that's the way that works. But it, they just don't have the reach that a place like no, Audible does. They don't. 
They don't. Or Spotify even, or Apple for that matter. Mm -hmm. So there are ways you can mix and match using those kind of services. It doesn't have to be all one or all the other. No, you can, yeah, you can mix and match, and I, I suggest that you do. I've got, because I have all my audio rights, once, th- once things are no longer Audible exclusive, I sell, I've sell the entire Derelict Saga as a single audiobook from PayHip, and people buy it. Mm-hmm. And it's like 50 bucks. It's the, uh, 350, it's 46 hours of audio, it's worth that. The but last people buy it directly from there. Sorry, I thought you were done. Didn't I mean am. to cut you off. You're fine. Um, variant. Publishing does their own audiobook store. I'm not sure. I haven't actually bought the audiobook through them. It may actually be serviced through BookFunnel as well, but they've got their own website that they use for it. And so they don't, when the sales on Audible happen there, <clears throat> they get the lower percentage because it's not exclusive. But they make some good money on, on the um, selling their own. They just have to get the word out. It's hard getting the word out. Chris says, how do we keep the other companies from being purchased by Spotify, et cetera? You don't. You can't. You can't. All you can do is look at who owns them and see how they're, how they're leaning. If somebody came to me with a million dollars and said, here you go, I'll buy your, yeah, yeah, I might be tempted. Yeah. Bottom line is, I guess what I'm trying to say, the lesson to learn from all this is that these companies are not your friends. They never will be. They never are. They never will be. The bigs are not your friends, period, end of story. You might be able to find an indie storefront, an indie group or everything else that is very friendly, has good terms, and actually are indies themselves and therefore won't fuck you over, or at least try not to. For but now. the big services, <laughs> the big services, on the other hand, have a vested interest in fucking you over because they're all about servicing the consumer. They don't give a shit about the creators. If they did... Well, our cuts from sales at Audible would be a lot higher. They'll bone, yeah, the, it, it, they'll bone, they'll bone the, the consumer, too, in a totally different way. They're just, they live by the almighty dollar. Well, they bone the consumer differently, but we're the ones that get fucked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, visuals. My, my, we're the ones my brain with the, went. Yeah, we're in the ones in handcuffs with the ball gag, okay? That, that's how this is going. We're the gimp in the trunk. And I'm the narrator. <laughs> what the crap? Um, for those Sorry. who are listening, you are missing a very, very handsome Leo Tabby just hanging out on the back of Terry's chair. Yeah, pretty much. Somebody brought up the Unity stuff. And that was that, that was exactly the example I was going to use that happened, where Unity changed its licenses and suddenly everybody was screwed. They were going to be, it was going to break them. It was literally going to put the game companies out of business by the way they changed their licenses. They backed up, but they didn't back up all the way. So if you use their service, you're still fucked. That's why, that's why a lot of developers are switching to Unreal and some other engines because they just got to get out of there. It's the same thing here. It's exactly the same thing. There's no yeah. difference. So, so what do people do? What do you do? Now you that you have all of this email? knowledge at your fingertips, what the hell do we do? Uh, I sent uh, Spotify, find a way, an email saying basically pull all my books after I sent an email telling them this is bullshit. And pointed out why it's crack, why it's crap, and why it's shit, and why I'm pulling my books. That's pretty much all we can do at this point. And then not use their service ever again. What about moving forward? Like, say, so do you, is, the, is this a wake-up call for people that, you know, at some point you just need to have your own storefront? You're, that's, that's, an, that's a level up that you're going to have to consider making at some point to to get around things i think if you're not exclusive you should always be selling stuff from your website or from if you don't have a website create a pay hip store it takes like two seconds and put your shit up there and sell it there it's really easy to do and you don't have to deal with a lot of the crap so there's there's a lot of different things you can do there but the distribution networks if you want to actually be in a lot of different places and libraries 
You want to be with somebody like, yeah, yeah, this is a big thing. You want to be with somebody like Authors Republic or I guess Book Funnel or or BFH, BHF, Big Happy Family, BHF, or Publish Drive or whatever it is that that, uh, somebody mentioned on Facebook the other day. You're going to want to do that because nobody wants to manage putting a book into 50 different services. That's why these things exist. So that that's that's something that you got to do. My theory and my concern is that this is coming to ebooks. This is what? This is coming to ebooks. This kind of bullshit is coming to ebooks. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? It's just a question of whether or not Amazon is dumb enough to to put something out there that's completely stupid. Then I think they are. They're already toying with artificial intelligence, so why wouldn't they? Uh, Anyway, what do you think, chat, now that I've I've gone on and ranted? Now now that you have stepped upon your soapbox and... and, and I get really mad about this shit. I get really, really mad. No, I agree. I mean, I... Sorry. I... And what... Here's another thing. Did any of us, did any of us who have work that is being distributed on Spotify, did we get an email saying that the terms of service had changed? Did we? Hmm? Oh, I got an email from find a way that said, oh, our TOS has changed. You, you, you will accept it, but you will accept it with next time you log in. You... That's what I got. Meetings will continue until morale improves. Well, it, you know, it's a typical Microsoft horseshit, right? You can't actually read the EULA until you open up the package. And by opening up the package, you've accepted the EULA. Which, and and right there, you know, it, it's it, it's like the, the, the snail mail thing of, you know, we have sent you this letter. Unless you send it back to us, then we will assume that you have op- you've opted to subscribe to this magazine and you now owe us a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which has been proven to be illegal. So I'm wondering why the, the tech version of that is not because it's not using the postal service. Yeah. Cause it's not I mean, mail fraud. Yeah. Cause it's not me, which I don't know. I think, I, I think that's, <sighs> It feels like a class action lawsuit. It does. And this, this, this all goes back to, you know, at some point people are going to get pissed off enough that they're going to go to their Congress critters and say, what the fuck? Why aren't you? Yeah. That's not going to work right. It's not not because in the grand scheme of things, it's not, I mean, right there it goes, it comes down to, um, sorry, I'm, I'm getting my pyramids mixed. Maslow. It comes down to, um, uh, sorry, Maslow's hierarchy, Mm. where for those who aren't familiar, but if you're an author, you should get yourself familiar with it because it's great for character development. You can't worry about anything on the upper, on the top of the pyramid until you've satisfied the needs at the bottom of the pyramid. Um, so if meaning, for example, your character can't be worried about how they look if they're exhausted, starving, and neglected, you, you have to satisfy the base needs. So right now with all of the other issues that are going on that those Congress critters can deal with, um, the ire and, you know, mouth foaming of, a select bit of the population that's angry because of a rights grab, it, it, it doesn't factor on the big scale. And I'm not sure that even collectively we have the uh, lobbying money to make somebody care. Well, here's what will happen. And here's what will make them care. When one of the big publishers calls bullshit. Yeah. But who will? That's what I'm talking about. When the money actually hits the fan so to speak, then it becomes a totally different animal. If suddenly Random House says, hey, what the fuck, guys? You're not allowed to do this. Because ultimately what this is going to do is they're going to use this this TOS. Spotify is going to have that TOS if you distribute through them, period. They're going to be able to do this. What it I might take... You. Yeah, what it might take is an indie author 
who has made it very big, who raises a huge stink. And you, you'd have to, you'd have to look at someone who, you know, is on the bestseller list, who's getting a lot of press and who brings it to light. Their stuff is so popular that people have to pay attention because their face and their voice is everywhere. Years ago, that would be Hugh Howey. But um, yeah. now, now people are like, who, Hugh, who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silo. Oh, Silo. Got it. Brandon Sanderson, maybe. But would they care? Mm-hmm. And that's and that that's the thing you've I've seen this happen in other spots, and generally people who are comfortable stop caring. So if you have someone who's pulling in money and their and their books are popular, they don't have to care. They're getting their cut. They're making their money. They're comfortable. They're just fine. They don't have to care about what's happening to the creators at lower tiers. They've already climbed up. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take someone with the sales and the prestige and the ethics to, you know, get, you know, to, to grab the soapbox that we have so aggressively stood on and polished (laughs) and what have you and use it because this is bullshit y'all. It is bullshit. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is apart from pulling the things out. And I will say that I had experience with a publisher who wanted to change the contract I was under to allow them to, uh, shop my book to movie and TV. Because of the way this was done, it soured me on that publisher and I stopped writing the black. I stopped completely. I was not even going to finish the derelict saga. I was just not even going to do it. I waited six years to get the black back. And it cost me a lot of money not putting out those other books. It was fucking worth it. It was worth the wait because I now own the IP free and clear. I never gave anything away. I never signed anything away, but I lost trust in the publisher. And once that trust is lost, it's really fucking hard to go back. It's really hard to work with them again. It's really hard to do anything with them. And in some cases, they may not realize that they've even done that. But the bottom line is that is that kind of bullshit is what totally breaks those kind of partnerships. Instead of a community effort to do something where the terms made sense and everything else, it was <laughs> we get 50-50 of everything. No, fuck you. <laughs> For what? You've done nothing. So Sounds anyway, like Audible when they dropped us down from 50% royalties to 40%. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Which they can do at any time, and pretty soon it's going to be 10%. Um, yeah. That, that's... <laughs> anyway. Oh, the, the soapbox. Yeah, I, I've got the soapbox again. It doesn't matter if it's a publisher. It doesn't matter if it's a distributor. Bottom line is you got to be very careful how you do this. And this is, you know, I've had two IP rights grabs attempted on me in my career. And I'm kind of done with it. I'm kind of fucking done with it. So you have to basically no longer just blindly click on accept the TOS or whatever else. And if something seems hinky, it probably is. And you should check with some folks and see if they're what they think of it. I am not a lawyer. None of us here are. Mm -mm. No. But what we have done is we have seen some really scary language and people who are lawyers are looking at it and going, yeah, this is bullshit. So there's, go ahead. I was going to say the person who kind of raised the alarm in 20 books, Kevin McLaughlin, I believe that's his name. He has a background in IP law. So if anything, that is one of the beauties of, you know, indie publishing is that so many people come to it from varying backgrounds and it, it's 
Yeah, it might be kind of a disadvantage at the start, but it means that people are bringing their past lives into this and their expertise. And so, I mean, honestly, if that man hasn't written a book on like legal things to consider for indie authors, he should. I, I know there's one for narrators. I don't believe Kevin is actually a lawyer. I may be mistaken on that. Well, wow. some someone with a background in IP law who is familiar with the indie sphere could make bank. I, I believe that Kevin has a very firm grasp of IP law and how it, it reflects around what we're doing. I just I wanted to be clear that I don't believe he's actually a lawyer, so don't take anything he okay. says as legal, as legal advice, advice as, because yeah. he's not a lawyer. Right. And even if he is a lawyer, he's not your lawyer. Right, lawyer. Yes, and, and, and in this case, yes. this is basically people who have who are in, in legal know are saying they're not giving you advice. They're simply saying this is wrong. They're not telling you what to do. They're just saying this is wrong. Mm-hmm. This they're is giving an up. opinion, an yes, opinion that an anybody opinion. can have that yeah. with a little bit of knowledge behind it. But you don't have to be a fucking lawyer to read that first fucking TOS abortion to figure out exactly what the hell they were going for. I mean, it was very baldly spelled out, which I appreciate from them because it, it made it easier to call them on their shit. But still, it's just basically, uh, I just cannot believe. Actually, I can't believe. I can't believe that they thought that this was just going to get accepted. And of course, they're they, saying that they're saying this doesn't take effect until March fifteenth. And the things will change between now and then. Nobody knows what the fuck this thing is going to look like by March 15th. Wait a second. What? Wait a fucking second. Uh-oh, she dropped an F-bomb. I thought only I had the, had the uh, courage, fortitude to use an F-bomb. I thought it was just me. Uh, March 15th is... That's the Ides of March. Beware the Ides of March. Who the hell does this? Perfect. <laughs> the Ides of March. Oh. So on the fifteenth, stab Spotify in the back. Be, be, be At two Spotify. At two, find the way. Fuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Jr. I had to look it up because I, I, if I'm if I'm going to exclaim something that ridiculous, I want to make sure I'm right. <laughs> I'd like to double check my facts. That, and I should know it because it plays hugely into the Secret World Chronicle mythos, but I wanted to double check. All right, big fat cat, you've got to get down. I've had all the purr I can take on the back of my head. <laughs> Your non sequiturs for today, for those of you just listening. So, chat, you've been pretty quiet for the most part about this. You haven't said anything or asked questions, really which is interesting. How many of y'all knew this was going on before we started, you know, firing flares up in the air on Facebook and social media? Excuse me. That's really what I want to know. How many other indie folks figured this out? We've been trying to explain this well. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right, cool. Interesting. Very interesting. Twitter, Facebook. Okay. Mm -hmm. The alarm bells are kind of crazy. It's um, just going to have to kind of pay attention to what other alarm bells are going off. And obviously this doesn't just pertain to Spotify, find a way, any of these services that they change their TOS in this way, you need to actually pay attention as a creator to exactly what you're agreeing to. And if it doesn't sound right, it probably isn't. So the, the, uh, I do think if you should sell your audiobooks from your website, from your pay hip store or whatever else, if you're non-exclusive, I think that's very important. And if you're not exclusive at eBooks, you should have the same deal. You should sell them from there as well. If you don't, you're missing opportunities, period. Yeah. So Xander says, because I imagine this can affect fiction, actual play podcast. So good to be aware of what happens in that space. Absolutely. If, you know, remember Spotify, they, it's not only audiobooks, but 
I mean, does this TOS apply to e-books. podcasts? Podcast oh, yes. Fiction? So right then and there, it's like, uh, hmm. So it's, it is a problem. And it affects far more people than just indie authors. But, you know, indie authors are often the early adopters. We, we pay attention. Indie We're authors the canaries are usually in the, the first coal mine. <laughs> yeah, we are the canaries in the coal mine. We are. We're the ones so that get are. screwed over first. I think I, t- I wouldn't say the audiobook future is grim or bleak. I would say it's on the precipice of another change. Um, just like the ebook, we, we've seen ebooks actually several different times have, have come into several different incarnations since the very beginning. Um, and the three of us have, have watched that, you know, come from the very bare bones up to where it is now. Audiobooks are kind of the same mess and things are going to change the distribution networks. Back in the day, there was only audible pretty much. And that was it. Now there's like 50 or 60 of the damn things you can get into libraries. You can get all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to to see what, uh, where, and how to market on those other um, on those other platforms. But this is part of the deal. If you're an indie, this is part of the deal: is knowing these things, is being very diligent about what you're signing away with your rights. If they're going to pay you for it, that's a completely different animal. Then you have to make up your own mind what you're worth. But for them to basically Read come in and do this carefully. Yeah. Yes. Read yeah. contracts carefully and be, and the other thing is whatever you're doing as an indie creator, be aware that as you continue to grow your backlist and grow your talent, you grow your worth. Mm-hmm. So you are worth more than you were five years ago. You are worth more than you were one year ago. And that, that should be the norm. That's not the, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, overvaluing myself and my talents. It's no, you're, you're appreciating. Yeah. Terry's got how many books? 50. What are you at? A hundred books now? Somewhere around 40. Somewhere around 40. I guess you've made it when you stop keeping track of what the actual number is. <laughs> Maybe I haven't made it and I can't remember how many books I've got. <laughs> can't even count the ones I haven't published. I was going to say that Paul is worth more than he was five minutes ago. Yeah, it's not real difficult. I was worthless five minutes ago. I'm eh, a little less worthless now. Oh, uh, that's a really good question. I wonder what percentage of works on Amazon and Spotify are indie. I don't know about Spotify, but as far as Amazon goes, I would say probably by this point more than half. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that when they started doing ebooks, they said that there were a two, three million books that were on Amazon. Now there are over 20 million books. I'm going to wager that the vast majority of those are indie produced. So three quarters, maybe, maybe this, only two thirds, but still. And, I, there you and I would say the same thing is going on with audiobooks because you're mm-hmm. seeing more and more and more and more and more and more and more indie audiobooks. Yeah. And the, the thing is, this has been, this is probably for another, this is another discussion. But um, in terms of narrators working with indies, there used to be a stigma around that. And now um, people are recognizing that indie authors write just as well, if not better, than traditionally published authors. They write more consistently. They want to get the work out there. They are active in advertising and promotion. So they are better business partners. Right. And they understand the value. So, so yeah, narrators want to work with indie authors. And Patrick the Assassin with the facts right here. I love it. Killing us with facts. October 10th, 2023, more than 60% of sales in the Amazon store came from independent sellers, most of which are small and medium-sized businesses. Now, remember, that's not fiction. That's sales, period. So, yeah. It may be somewhat different in the in the fiction space, but it's not going to be that much different. No. I wager, considering the publishing apocalypse that has gone on, I would say that the indies probably are a good sixty percent of the market now mm-hmm. on um, yeah. ebook stores. That would not shock me at all. 
Yeah, it may even be higher than that. Regardless, that's one of the reasons why we're being targeted for some of this shit is because we're we're the ones producing the content. We're the ones, I mean, basically Random House is putting out, you know, 20, 30 books a year, whatever it is. You got indies who are, who are shoving out like Terry and his cadre are shoving out, you know, five or six books a year in one series. And then they've got 12 series going. I mean, you're talking about a lot of books oh. that are being put out there. How many does Variant put out? I know that they have, they're getting to the point to where they have a release every Sunday. I believe they're now having to release multiple authors during the week because they've got more, they've got more authors and more series that are releasing than they have Sundays that they can release on. Yeah. And I don't think they're alone in that. So it's, it's, I think it's really ramping up in a lot of ways. And like I said, it's just a matter of, this is the way things are now. You just kind of have to be, pay attention and be vigilant. You hold a lot more readers if you can produce a book every two or three months than you can Mm -hmm. if you produce one a year. Yeah. Because people want to read and continue that story. Yeah. Hence all the hate mail I get for the fact evolution isn't out yet. And all the hate mail I get that Oceania isn't out yet. And all the hate mail I get that I haven't finished extinction. So there you go. We hate you because we love your work. We hate you because you haven't been putting any work out and we know these books are there. We know they're done. Where are they? Well, things happen. Anyway, that's... God, if uh, I could only find the time to go ahead and do the final read on the next Empire book and get it off to an editor. <laughs> I've, got to go ahead, I've got to go ahead and kill off, you know, the secondary character, Jared, so that Kelsey can reign supreme. I'm oh, God, did you really waiting, do that? Waiting for him to make his comments. Indies, uh, Xander says Indy tends to have some of the most experimental stuff. Yes. Most might fall yep, flat, but those limbs are great, and there are a lot of gems. Yep, I agree. Yep. I agree. Show us the books, Cooley. Look, I need covers, okay? I can't do anything if I don't have covers. I need covers. Leave it at that. Hmm. This is not happening. We've had this discussion multiple times. We are not allowed to take on any more. Pro- I am not allowed to take on, on any more projects right now. I've, I've, I, I, I already have projects and projects and projects and other things. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That means I can practice my necromancy. Uh. So we'll have. So so we'll have necromantic naked reloading so it'd be mm. the dead the dead author society then because we'll be like dead <laughs> dead author society <laughs> well we don't talk about dead poet society because that's um, a completely different podcast than the dev robots that's that's something else entirely you know i could i could see the dead authors podcast where they have people dress up like various dead authors a different one every week and they have to be in character I like that. I kind of like that too. It does sound kind of cool, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it does. I could be Hemingway, show up with a scotch, and uh, you know, I'd have to smoke endless cigarettes while while drinking scotch would be a bad thing. But you know, throughout the entire interview or whatever it is, you could be Hemingway talking trash about everything. I could show up as Mary Shelley and just complain about Lord Byron the entire time. Such a what? It's like ah, the Gorgies, why? I'm going to go write the, you know, the pen, the, the ultimate, you know, predecessor. You, you could be Pythagoras and be complaining about your theorem. <laughs> the square of the hypotenuse of a right triangle is equal to the sum of the squares of the two adjacent sides. What? No. Whatever that was. <laughs> That's no. the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> you sang it. I know. There was a Danny Kay thing once upon a time, and it just kind of got committed to memory. Oh, my God. Hey, I can, Chris says I can be Samuel Clemens. No, you can't. I no, couldn't carry can't. Samuel only, Clemens off. <laughs> you could only do it if you do it in the style of Lower Decks. Ooh. That's got some possibilities. I mean, you are familiar with the whole Samuel Clemens I'm discussion with Lower Decks. Lower Decks. I haven't seen Samuel Clemens on it, though, because I haven't seen oh. all of it. You you have to if you have to watch a little bit further, but there is a bit where um there are holodeck moments in the with with the um with the setting of the riverboat and Samuel Clemens and it is choice. 
Okay. So. I think we've probably beaten this topic to death. And I'm sure we're going to beat it to death some more in the after show. (laughs) Where Paul really goes on the warpath. But for now, if you have a comment or question about this show, you can send an email to show at DevRobotSociety.com. You can find me on Mastodon at Paul underscore E underscore Cooley at VYRSE.social. I'm already screwing that up. You can find us on Facebook at the DevRobot Society Writing Community. I guess sort of got it. Sort of got it. Sort of got it. And you cannot find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Juris Podcast, where we are live every Saturday at 3 p.m. CST. Like and subscribe so you always know when we are live. And if you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash Juris Podcast and buy me a coffee.com slash Juris Podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to exclusive live shows that Mistress V is going to call us naughty boys. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. At $10 level, you get your name read. And our $10 patrons are Nate Cosby, Antoine Batts, Tony L. Joy, Rick Shaw, Lisa Slack, Isabel Cushy, and Tim Niederreiter. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping us pay the stream our bills and keeping this show online. There. Have I said everything? I think so. We have 17 viewers. This is like double digits again. I know. Weird, y'all. right? Yeah, I know, right? All, all nice. Did he actually get the Facebook name correct? I don't believe it. I did. Unbelievable. The Robot Society writing community. Got it. It's like you practiced like in the mirror. I practiced before the show. You know, I I try and get better every show. I I typically fail, but I try. When when did you start that? Shut up. All right, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, (laughs) hope, hope you got something out of this. And we will talk to you next week.